Hey up, it's me Seb. I just want to make a brief disclaimer about the mic uh, that we recorded from Nils. It was a bit awry the first uh, 40 minutes. Uh, we discussed Epic and the first deck in that segment. Uh, we get into the deeper parts of the deck uh, later on, uh, but just keep at it. I did what I could uh, with the audio I have, and I think it's probably listenable. Uh, so just enjoy. We are faced with the very gravest of challenges. The Bible calls this day Armageddon, the end of all things. And yet, for the first time in the history of the planet, a species has the technology to prevent its own extinction. All of you praying with us need to know that everything that can be done to prevent this disaster... Hey kids, welcome back. Uh, today I'm here with Anton and Nils. Uh, and uh, we're about to talk about pre-modern. It was a while ago, so I'm uh, looking forward to it. This is Monster of the Week, constructing old school magic. Need a chill from 93 to... Yeah, this is how we chill from 93 to... 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 So, Anton, my dear pre-modern placeholder for Åland in this uh, matter, what are we talking about today? Today we're doing a listener's request to uh, fill up some more pre-modern content on this podcast. So, um, we figured it's time to talk with uh, a Norwegian friend who's done a lot of um, showing up in top eights. Is uh, initiating a uh, European pre-modern invitational challenge, so it was time to put uh, Nils Håkon Delfin uh, in the spotlight. So that's what we're talking about today. Mm. Welcome, Nils. Thank you. Tjena, tjena. Tjena. <laughs> tjena. Uh, so we're actually going to delve into one of your, like, I wouldn't say favorite decks, but is it a favorite deck? Uh, I guess it is. I try to play a lot of different decks, so I think mm-hmm. there are others that have played this deck a lot more than me. But, yeah, um, but I was the you've one. You've been doing good with it, at least. Yeah, I've been doing good with it, and uh, yeah. I was the one that created it or at least constructed it first. So <laughs> I guess that's yeah, that's in, why I'm here. In, yeah, in this shell. At least, I guess. Yes. Right, uh, Anton. Yeah, we're talking five-colored Terragedon. Mm. So uh, this will be a two-piece uh, subject today: epic and five-color Terragedon with nails. That—that's mm. the lining, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, maybe we should just head into it. Should we start talking about epic? Yeah, uh, I've been watching the Primoran Shodan series and also other invitational uh, series like the Super League, and I 
thought it was really cool, but I also realized that that was something I would never be a part of due to the different time zone. And also, so, and I had some ideas on how to kind of have a go about, a, yeah, have our own spin about it. And uh, then I kind of by accident uh, got to know uh, Jens Jäger a bit, and I learned also he had some similar thoughts, so I reached out to him and uh, asked if he wanted to initiate something with me. Um, and that's where we started. And should, we... Should, we, should we tell everyone that's a Wack Walker, that Jens Jäger is the Slay J uh, user on Wack Wack, or the, and the Discord? Yes. Mm. Yeah. He likes coils, and he's German. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I think almost all the ones we reached out to uh, prioritized being a part of it. So there was only uh, a few. Uh, one that had a uh, just had a child, which was kind of busy due to that. So that's a, uh, a reasonable <laughs> reason to decline. But uh, yeah, we, you're, we you're being uh, you're being very modest here, Nils. I think this is the PSS and Winter Super League. I think that's like any hardcore player who plays a format very much and follows the like content. They of course see it as a big honor to like take part of such a thing. So it, it's funny <laughs> that you like were uncertain whether people should like join. Yeah. Um... And and the the next step was uh, I was not able to do all this thing by myself. I needed some help, uh, and the plan was to reach out to Gordon, and uh, that kind of uh, went very naturally because you had the same idea as well, Anton. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Then uh, then I got a lot of uh, help and co-organizing by. The backward crew. So uh, it certainly isn't my, my burden. You've been organizing uh, Anton as well, a couple of pre-modern tournaments, and but not like this type of content, right? No, 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 I haven't. But I mean, I've been, I've been working with you guys like the last year and a half. Um, like you do the podcast and Gordon do the stream, but. I've been behind the scenes with both of you and like, yeah, you pick yeah. some stuff up and I've... And it's way better to be with me, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Let, let's say it here. Gordon won't listen to this, so yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no, but... Um, uh, and I, when we did like the pre-modern Easter Championship and Tolario Open, mm. like we have done this behind the scenes before. So I figured yeah. like, yeah, we know each other and yeah, that would be nice to do. Uh, mm. So yeah, came quite naturally. Uh, so it's a weekly thing each Wednesday right now. Yeah. Uh, and you you mentioned the rules. You have uh, how many players are you? Uh, so we are eight? we are no? ten players. Um, ten. Okay. And we wanted or to be not only just playing but also a bit of a challenge for. Uh, Constructing, so we wanted to have some limitation on the constructed uh, rules, and for starters, we wanted it to be be uh, representative for the pre-modern meta game. So we did want to have like this really special rules, but just some restrictions. Uh, and we found that uh, having unified 
uh, rules, meaning that you cannot play more than four copies of each card uh, total in your three uh, lists. Uh, was a very nice way of doing so. Uh, so uh, because we, we didn't want uh, someone to play like uh, four dress and four cabal ther- therapies in each of the decks in an open deck format. So and, and that was a very nice way to solve that issue. Uh, just having it unified across uh, the three decks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and like showcasing some different decks then. And before each... Uh, there, there's one match each Wednesday, right? Uh, there's three matches each Three matches. Each yeah. Wednesday, okay. yeah. And uh, each player knows uh, all, everything is in the open, right? Open deck list and everything. And uh, you get to choose uh, which deck your opponent can't play. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. But but are you switching between decks anytime? And uh, like. So so you sh- each player choose a deck that his opponent cannot play, and then choose a deck uh, he should play by the remaining two. So hmm. uh, going in into each match, the um, the matchup is actually unknown for both players, but they're only uh, like it's total four different outcomes because uh, each player have two two decks to choose from. Yep. So and due to the unified rules, they will find out quite fast which deck the, the opponent on. But uh, still, playing a turn one cabal therapy. Uh, might be something that's not not the best play because uh, you have only a fifty-fifty yep. chance of hitting the, the right uh-huh, bank. Okay. So, so yeah, the, if you if you're on the play, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a bit easier if your opponent has uh, played a land. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, looking like on the different decks that people bring to the table, uh, I played unified in old school even so. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you go for something, uh, you go like monocolored usually maybe, one deck, and then you try to go, like put together the other colors. Uh, but like looking at all the decks, there's many different decks, I'd say. Uh, I think yeah, we had uh, 20, 20. Not everyone is playing Sly and yeah. Elves. Exactly. <laughs> like we have, a co- we have a couple of, we have like, two... some Goblins and some Sly. We have that, two are... Slys and, uh, yeah. and two Elves. And then we have similar archetypes like five color slime, but still it's a bit different than slime. So if you mm. if you say that those are different decks, I think we have twenty six different decks out of or twenty twenty eight maybe. Although no, twenty five, no, no twenty six. No, it's grow a tog sly elves, uh, blue black stifernaut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty six. Uh, yeah, that's twenty six because yeah. there's four, four duplicates. Yeah. yeah. But 26 out of 30 different decks, that's uh, a wide range of decks, I think. Yeah, and very much so. I think uh, it's it's harder to, to build a, a gauntlet of Unified than you might initially think, actually. And, yeah. uh, and, and there's, for sure. there's a reason for that as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, you might say that it's easy to just take uh, three tier one deck that doesn't overlap, but still you have to remember that you as a player have to know those decks, and that's not uh, the case for each one. So yeah, I could play elves and and uh, and uh, tide control and uh, sly or something, 
but uh, I, I'm not proficient with any of them, so that doesn't seem like a wise choice. And, and especially for me, I was considering elves myself, but I thought, like, if I'm playing elves, everyone will be prepared for elves. Uh, so I will just be wrecked if I'm playing elves. Like, I, I, I'm not that good of an elf player, because everyone is prepared for it. So, uh, but it's so, that goes without like s- stating the obvious. But like the players you chose, all of them are kind of like known for their archetypes, or like they are associated at least with some typical uh, games, or uh, yeah, I don't know game types. So that will of, of course in the end affect deck choices, and we also stated to everyone like. Please take decks that you like, and like you you don't have to, yeah, and like you don't have to think uh, spike, spike, spike. But this is a showcasing tournament. It's not like the European Championship. It's a fun tournament. So, uh, uh, like meta diversity is a good thing here. And yeah. Well, you you did choose Oath and uh, Stifonaut, Blue Black Stifonaut, and Terragadon. So. Uh, I guess you you kind of feel that you need one color, but neither of them are one color, so it's not like you have to go that route either. Yeah, yeah. The the old list that you're referring to is actually an enchantress list with an old in it. Mm. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, so I tend to play multicolored lists, so uh, I had to make some concessions to uh, mm. to the mana base to make it work. Yeah, Niels wanted to play Swords of Plowshares in every deck uh, possible, but yeah, wasn't possible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a problem. Uh, how about you, Anton? You're also playing. Yeah, um, I'm playing Prison Oath, Full English Breakfast, and uh, Replenish. So I thought like combo is fun, and obviously I wanted to play Elves. Love that deck, but I knew Jens Jäger was gonna play Elves. Frank Relops mm. is in, and he's obviously gonna play Elves. So I, I thought like, yeah, fuck it, I'll, I'll bring Full English Breakfast instead. I'll use my survivals, but um, for the sake of meta diversity, I will choose something else. And yeah, yeah, Elves would like would... showcasing stuff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and like. Yeah, a, a nice spread, I'd say. So basically, you sorry, but basically brought three combo decks then. <laughs> yeah, prison oath is uh, prison. I mean, it, it has a combo with oath, but it's basically a prison deck. So yeah, um, hmm. I mean, in retrospect, yeah, it would have probably been better to choose like one aggressive deck, one control deck, and one combo deck, perhaps, since unified and since one deck will be banned. But hmm. um, I also want to play decks I enjoy, so I wasn't mm. gonna play like Sly. That won't, that won't happen ever. Sure, sure. <laughs> but I mean, this it, yeah. it was kind of fun with this group. Like beforehand, uh, we did some internal betting, basically, like who, who's play, what play will bring what decks, uh, and um, yeah, most players kind of brought their deck they're associated with. 
Like you did bring mm. five color uh, Terragetta nails, and like Jens brought elves, and Frank brought elves, and yeah. Um, mm. so. Yeah, I also felt like I kind of had to because it was expected of me. Yeah. Uh, like uh, <laughs> uh, if I was playing on stream and I had three deck choices, I think the audience. Uh, want me to play Terragedon as well. Uh, so that was also part of the reason for choosing it, actually. Uh, it might mm. have, have... I might have be- had better kind of gauntlet if I chose something different, because uh, five color, like in the name, yeah. you, you, <laughs> you take up a lot of colors by going five color something. Yeah. So it, it's not good for unified, but again, it was expected of me, I felt. So yeah, then it had, had to be that. Yeah, and that goes for sideboards also, right? In this uh, format. Yeah. You, you, only can, you can only play four out of each. Uh, so all of your crypts and blasts and whatever's yeah. uh, needs to be the rest is also i guess yep. in a way yeah uh, absolutely so but at least we have pyro blasts and red elemental blasts so <laughs> I, I guess you can that's that that's the luxury of the format yeah uh, i think uh, crypts were probably most uh evenly divided mm. uh but yeah that was hard with the unified actually like as Neil stated, I was probably going to bring the Rock or Prison Oath as my like mid-range or control deck. And when you pick that kind of deck, I mean, you kind of lock yourself up to Wastelands, Dust Bowls, Factories, whatever, Treated Villages, all the good non-basic lands into one deck. So when you pick that kind of deck, you kind of need to have like hardcore decks that's not reliant on those types of utility lands at all. And their combo shines for me. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Unified is kind of fun. Should try it out. Yeah, yeah. So before we're going into the Terragedon deck, I was just wondering: were the, are there any upsets or surprises uh, between all the decks you that been pres- been played uh, this season? How epic! What would you say, Nils? There are some uh, new decks that has been uh, seen before. Uh, one of the deck of Jam or Jamma, uh, who's also known by. Uh, he plays a black-white, I would say, roll deck. That is uh, definitely a, a new brew. Uh, so that's uh, something in form of the form of the Anji. Exactly, the deck is called. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So no one had a clue what that was uh, <laughs> before the deck list. Yeah, we saw it on we saw it on stream. It was uh, cool as fuck. Mm. Yeah. Like orange shants and a million uh, discard uh, spells that lets you do your stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then there's new takes of kind of existing archetypes, uh, like uh, Inyaki. He is playing a super aggressive black deck, uh, which is very different from the the black deck decks are popular right now because they are more like a pit rack, but he's playing a really discard heavy very much into disruption deck, which is mm. uh, yeah, it, it seems like it's uh, I suspect him that he had uh, kind of uh, build this deck or tune it for, for this event uh, mm. just... yeah, he was smart that deck is super smart to bring, like one of those like combo hoser decks Yeah, 
Uh, it's, because it will suck against Sly, but uh, he can ban Sly and then he can work exactly. on That deck is a nightmare to play against uh, as a control deck or as a combo deck player. So. Yeah. 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 And uh, what he, he calls it pitch black and uh, he's playing arena. <laughs> so like full value town also uh, to be actually able to use your discard outlets to yeah. and the hypnotics and whatever to yeah, but, uh, actually yeah. win in the long game in a way. Yeah, the disruptive packages uh, for the rest, for unmask, for hypnotic specters and to uh, mesmeric fiend. Like, just think about it. That's uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, 14 discard spells. Do you really want to play against that <laughs> with something that relies on like specific cards? You definitely don't want to. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. So, and he's also packing main deck negators. Like, yeah, sure, that's weak again. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, that's that, really just like flaunting in front of Sly. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> like, yeah, I don't even have to meet you, so it's fine. Exactly. But that's yeah. uh, that's uh, uh, 12 uh, like really good cards he can put into turn uh, uh, into play turn one with a dark ritual against uh, a swordship lotion deck. So mm. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I really like that. I I was thinking like what I would bring and I would probably probably do something boring with the rock and land still and maybe there's one pink prison also. Um, that's yeah, th- there's probably where i would be somewhere about but uh, we've seen some uh, like aggressive black builds so black or sly or whatever yeah and i, uh, I think you also will or elves will see that there are some choice. some uh, kind of modifications either to the main deck or sideboard because this is a, a different meta than your usual meta so you can kind of uh, modify your deck uh, yeah. in some way for this format and I think uh, yeah many of the players have already done that and maybe it's not easy to see at first glance but if you really take a deeper look at the decklist you will see some you know, uh, choices that tells tells you that they have really big things about this yeah I'd, like the pitch black in deck we talked about playing not only the discard cards but all the like contagion and whatever having a way of uh, hitting uh, different types of decks and probably like from what we gathered uh, it's aggressive you can play control and you play some sort of combo Uh, and it's cool to have a monocolor deck that can uh, like really uh, yeah. do well in that circumstances. Yeah. So not all players have been on stream yet, but also on last stream, uh, Gian uh, Marco, he was playing a Goblin mm-hmm. deck, which is also very tuned against elves. You, you did see the main deck um, ah, the pitch Sharpshooter? No, the, the red pitch spell that can shoot um, for four. Uh, pyrokinesis. Yeah, yeah, pyrokinesis. Yeah, and Blood Moon sideboard, for instance. So mm. uh, again, he was uh, he had already uh, modified the stack to be prepared for, for tribal because tribal is one of those uh, archetypes that are quite uh, easy to build in unified, either goblins or uh, elves. So having a bit more against tribal seems like a, a wise meta game choice, I think. So, mm. 
think that's the reason for him uh, having protocols. So, yeah. and you will see those things if you just look to the deck list. You will see those kind of odd choices that uh, might not work in a regular meta game, but uh, it's very uh, you know decisions that have been thought through uh, at this uh, tournament. I think we should just plug it uh, as well. Like, you should watch Epic on Wednesdays. It's uh, seven thirty p.m. Central European time on uh, twitch.tv slash wakwakmtg. Like, it's nice. It's uh, nice. It's nice. <laughs> and Seb will uh, join uh, commentary next week. I don't know when this uh, episode will, will be released, but uh, yeah, Seb, you will join us. Yeah, probably before, hopefully, you will listen to this yeah. and uh, then you will hear my nice voice uh, and we will see... Uh, you just told me, and I forgot already. Was it Jens? Jens. Yeah, Jens. that's that's why I'm so yeah. hooked up on Jens yeah. <laughs> because it's uh, Jens and uh, Inyaki. Uh, Inyaki. Yeah. A lot of people going to suffer tonight because the battle is getting hotter in this iration. It's a lot of people won't get no justice tonight So a lot of people going to have to stand up and fight So, uh, we're heading into what I'm here for, or was here for, before you guys wanted to talk about Epic all day, every day. But okay, sure. I'm, I, I have a corner in it since you invited me to commentate, so yeah. I, I shouldn't be that mad about it. But uh, going back a while, I, I think I saw you guys playing uh, in a fall brawl or something like that. Yeah. 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 And you guys met. And that's the first time I saw a version of the deck uh, in action. Uh, could you tell me about it, Nils? Yeah. Uh, I played. Anton in the quarterfinals of the Fall Bros Fall Brawl in 2020. That was my first uh, first uh, encounter with Anton. Um, he was on Elves, uh, and I was on uh, Terragedon. Um, and yeah, uh, so it's it's not five colored. Uh, no, at, at, at that point I was uh, quite new to the format. Uh, I had tried uh, different decks, and I have kind of I followed the format for quite some time. Uh, but there are no um, pre-modern uh, community in my local area, so I just watched the games uh, on the Backwork channel, and I was thinking about the format by myself, but. Again, no one to play against. And then I, I discovered uh, this uh, online monthly uh, or uh, online community on Facebook uh, in the spring of 2020. And I think Fall Brawl was like my... I maybe I played four or five monthly tournaments. Uh, before? Before. Yeah. At most, but it, yeah. it's a rather big tournament. Sixty-four players in this one. Uh, in 
October 2020. Uh, and uh, okay, it's more of a Terragedon, but I, what I really like about it is uh, you have the scroll racks, you have the mox diamonds, you have the like the pink prison package, I'd say. But also what I especially very much like about it is the cataclysms. Yeah. yeah. So, so we've been seeing some versions of Terragadon, right, Anton? Before. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Manos Kokinis, uh, he really popular, popular, popularized, popularized it. the yeah. the deck uh, in 2020. And uh, before that, I think Jonas Bjarnstedt was like a big uh, player on, um, big proponent of Terragadon. Uh, but yeah, Nils, you took it to the next level, I guess, mm. after Manos. Uh, yeah, maybe. At least I uh, kind of reconstructed it. So, but let's uh, talk a bit more about the Fall Brawl, because that was mm. my, as I said, my first uh, tournament with it. And I had looked at, you know, the deck list uh, you could find online, and... My list was very much based on uh, on the decklist from uh, from Manos. I think one of the innovations I think he did was to add the paraclysms to the board, which I really liked. Uh, and mm. I was also playing that myself. Uh, and yeah, the, the list I was playing was basically exactly what he played. Uh, I it's not the exact same, and that's partly because uh, there were some cards I was missing, and partly because I wanted to try uh, a few cards that I, you know, uh... you didn't really know if they were good or yeah, not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Niels, I remember you played Mulch instead of Orim's Chant, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, there was a discussion about Orange Chant, but also uh, the big thing that you're uh, on about now, uh, Nils, is that like, you don't really uh, like expect the Pyroclasm. Uh, yeah. That's the cool part also about uh, having them in the sideboard. Yeah. Th that's your first step towards <laughs> more and more colors, I guess. Yeah. The, the most thing was to have an, an additional land tax uh, because it's basically a draw 3 or draw 4 with a scroll wreck in, in play. And also, actually, before going into the fold roll, I had brewed on another deck with kind of similar game plan, which is called Agrimulch, which I played the month later also to top eight, but that's a different deck. But I was. That's a sweet one. I, I, I think, thought that uh, having Mulch in, in Terragadon could also work, so I just played it there. And, and the idea was to have some additional. Uh, card draw uh, in the deck uh, or in the matchup where you want to grind like the rock uh, so mm. that, that was the uh, idea behind like, that card the basic and, uh, shell the of Terragedon was... overall I guess is the Arbageddons and the Terrabor right yeah. so th those are still there people can relax <laughs> uh, <laughs> but there's like this uh, the, the synergies are starting to come together here when I saw this deck being played I think I instantly ordered some werebears. I didn't have them because I was like, I'm never going to play these, but <laughs> you played four werebears. You played four nimble mongooses and you played the terrors. Uh, and then the, besides that, you have the whole, uh, what would you call it? Not prison package, but more of a combo slash prison, like the pink prison-ish Yeah, I, I, I wanted to play the scroll like engine. That was one thing I was really certain about. 
before even uh, uh, building the deck. And there are, at that time, it was multiple Harrigan uh, lists, some without the Terra, uh, without the Lantax package, and some with, but I was certain I wanted to play the Scroll Rack Lantax engine. And uh, the deck that had uh, performed well was uh, Manos uh, earlier with the, his uh, monthly win. Um, and then I uh, kind of upped the creature count a bit, playing the full set of Nimble Mongoose. And but it, again, it was uh, I didn't have much experience with the format, so I was just trying things off. But after playing the full brawl, brawl uh, eight rounds, and then playing the uh, elimination rounds after that, I gathered a lot of information about how the decks work, what was the weak matchups, what are the good matchups, and how I could tweak it further. Uh, and I guess that's what we are going to... Uh, Go into more. Yeah. yeah. This is a nice segue, Nils. Yeah. yeah, but but I don't want to segue into that yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry. I just want to, like, uh, uh, I think when we first saw, uh, like, the Pink Prison being played we had like gigapedes and stuff like more of a uh, like a slower grindy uh, version i guess but you what you brought to the table uh, i'd say is the I, i'm kind of interested in how you figured out what the nimble mongoose is actually uh, like did you, you mentioned just going up on the creature count but so the Nimble Mongoose is uh, it's really good against, against the, the control matchups, of course. Uh, it performs well in, in those ma- it's, it's certain matchups, but those are matchups where the Terragedon is already quite good. So that's why I also decided to cut them in later versions. Mm. Like, Anton, you've been playing way more pre-modern than me. Uh, is it the... Armageddon that really makes it tick the deck or is it like the whole you need all the different parts or what would you say in my opinion it's the Lantex engine for sure but like what what you are afraid of when you face those types of deck is the imminent threat of land destruction like at the same it's the same with Pink Prison like once the devastating dreams comes you know you are you will lose and once the Armageddon comes in Terrageddon it's like ah uh, so, if you play tournaments for time, I think Terragon is like, it's probably nicer, like it's easier to actually close out the games within 50 minutes than Pink mm. Prison. But uh, yeah, Armageddon is for sure, in my mind or my experience, that's the card you lose to eventually. But it's mm. usually set up by Lantex. What do you say, Nils? Uh, yeah, uh, so you will you will get some some... I almost call it free wins with an Armageddon because uh, you can play a turn three Armageddon, um, kill three lands on the opponent's side, and just close the games with, uh, with bear bears or a terror war or something. Uh, so those are kind of the free wins for the deck. Um, um, and but then you also have those uh, decks where you, or matches where you simply just win by. Uh, like the uh, value plan, basically you, yeah. you, you just trading and getting favorable trades and, and 
and slowly build your position to, to be more and more favorable and then uh, you just have overwhelming uh, card advantage and, and board state at some point. Uh, that's the other way. And, and uh, land taxes, of course, are a key part of, of that uh, plan. But it's it's funny, because I've played a deck myself, and um, ah, but I, it doesn't suit me. I, I don't know. I've <laughs> many times found myself like, okay, I, I will just find more basics, and now I can't play anything because I don't have the Mox Diamonds. Like, yeah. the, the deck without Mox Diamond, it doesn't tick at all. Uh, I think so... that what's, that is what really makes the deck uh, like very good. Uh, I agree yeah. with. Like as you mentioned, uh, Nils is also that uh, you can probably sometimes just overwhelm your opponent really early, uh, just due to having the Mox Diamond start. Or uh, <laughs> like okay, the the opponent is always behind, or you can reset with Cataclysm and just yeah. get on or whatever uh, and you still have all those creatures out because you're ahead in a way yeah but still yeah. you're playing undiscovered paradises you're playing wastelands of course it's a uh, i guess signal card uh, so you're keeping everything at bay uh, yeah So that's the gist of uh, what you played in the fall brawl. Um, and I know that, Anton, you're eager to get into some decisions <laughs> later on that Nils made. Uh, maybe we should start with uh, the cataclysm discussion. Yeah, I think that's one of the most interesting uh, takes of the deck. Like the evolution of the deck, you left cataclysm, Nils. And my brief experience with the deck, I kind of liked Cataclysm, so I want to hear more about it. Please indulge us with why Cataclysm is gone. Yeah. Um, in general, I, I like my cards to be um, quite specific in, in what they do. So Cataclysm is uh, like a, a mix card, uh, both an Armageddon and a Wrath of God, but it also requires a bit of setup and what i found was that um, for me it required a bit much too set too much setup to be really efficient um, so um, for instance if i want to play it uh, like the the optimal setup for it will be to play it off a mox diamond a werber and two lands or alternatively uh, two werbears or something yep. like that like uh, but even with that setup you have to sacrifice one thing and at that point you are also um, discarded a land to the uh, mox diamond and if you count the uh, cataclysm itself so you have total invested three cards which means that you need to get three cards back from the opponent uh, and that yeah, but that you do yeah, that, you, that you, you do. do, but uh, still, 
you have to be quite far behind on board, I think, to actually yeah. to do that. Um, so, like, because uh, what I what I want with the deck is you want you want threshold and you want lands in everyone's graveyard, and like Cataclysm enables both those terms. That is the way. Yeah, you win. but if you want lands in graveyard and threshold, then Armageddon just do that yeah. as well. Yeah. So and uh, against those decks that uh, you need that rat effect, then Paraclasm is just better. So I, I think like the combination of Armageddon and Paraclasm just does a better job than the Armageddon and Cataclysm. Like Cataclysm kind of do both roles, but. Uh, yeah. I think with the selection that you have with the deck, with the uh, with the um, scroll rack, you can afford to have quite specific cards, and I think that's also part of the reason I I don't need my cards to be that versatile because uh, uh, the scroll rack allows me to have some specific choices that I can put back in the deck and shuffle away with fetch lands or uh, with the um, land decks. Yeah. 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 So let's take one step back then, because uh, like talk, give us some pointers in general. Uh, I think what we're looking at for the listeners is your uh, 2021, was it early summer? Uh, you played a pre-modern monthly with 109 players uh, that you ended up winning. Uh, so that's the deck we're looking at. Maybe you played some more uh, <laughs> Terragedon in between, but... Uh, what you guys are talking about is leaving uh, the t- two of the Cataclysm for one Armageddon. So earlier you had two Armageddons and two Cataclysms. Now we have three Armageddons. Uh, what other things did you... Uh, maybe some of the things go into that, like you started playing meddling mages and actually went into the five-colored territory. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So um, there's m- multiple stuff that changed over uh, quite a short time span actually um, one of them was where I realized uh, uh, I even with the two color list I, I played the full set of Undiscovered Paradise that was actually not that common when I played it but uh, I realized playing that and the full set of Mox Diamond that I should take more advantage of that five color uh, mana base um, and I also wanted to address the uh, combo matchup um, and fight those combo decks in a different yeah. uh, zone than on the battlefield and melding mesh do exactly that uh, they can uh, it, it fights uh, the, the combo and also the control decks uh, the the poor man's duress. <laughs> yeah, but it or, or also the, the pro- control players. Yeah, dress. it also provides some pressure, so it's uh, yeah, it's really good. It's better than the rest. Yeah, so, so uh, yeah, it's kind of better because uh, uh, you don't need to uh, have they have the card in hand. You just need to know what card you do you fear. Um, mm-hmm. So in in that sense, it's actually more versatile than. Uh, Dress. and splashing blue is quite easy because uh, the deck it's it's green it used to be green white but actually as i see it it's a white deck splashing green 
because uh, you mm. want the white sources first almost all the time you want to have the land tax and then later on the the Weber and, and Terragedon mm. comes into play so it's 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 yeah and most of the like double colored spells are white also yeah right yeah exactly and um the other white fetch one is the flooded strand which fetches the island yeah. so it's very easy splash to add that single mm. uh, island and also the the flooded strand to uh, have actually a total of 10 sources of blue which is enough to have those melding matches yeah mm. and even even if like worse comes to worse you can always play a lighted tutor for a mox diamond as well uh so you have you have so many sources uh, yeah. to yeah. enable the, the blue You even have more sources uh, if you're counting the Mox Diamonds, the 400 Discovered Paradise, the Flooded Strand slash Island, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Uh, yeah. So it's uh, it's uh, ten with the with the, uh, not counting the uh, land tax, but that of course is another source. So if you do count all those yeah. uh, kind of slow ways of getting blue, then it's a lot. It's. Uh, yeah. mm. It's more than enough to support those melding matches. Um, there's also another benefit of having the uh, flooded strand, and that is another shuffle effect, which is really good with the uh, both the scroll rack and the Sylvan Library. Sylvan, yeah. Yeah, you play one miser Sylvan Library. Uh, yeah. In, in the deck. It's a nice uh, Sylvan. Yes. I yeah. like it. Yeah. And in order to to uh, fit those changes in, I have reduced the number of basic. Uh, the deck used to play 10. I have found that the deck functions with 8, uh, but I prefer having 9. So Yeah, what's the minimum? Is 8 absolute minimum for a land text deck? Or what, what's the what's the magic number? Uh, that's hard to tell, but in, in, in my experience, I, I like to have two activations of uh, land tax, which means you need six uh, lands in the deck. And you will also at least need one, most likely to get the land tax on board. So that's seven uh, basic lands and then one additional. It's it's like a, a small buffer. <laughs> so so yeah. I, I think eight is the minimal. I, I in in some matches I would actually board out a basic, uh, typically when I'm on the uh, draw, uh, I can uh, sometimes board out a, a basic. Uh, it depends, but uh, um, that's one of the uh, cards I do trim. Or alternatively, if, uh, you can also trim a wasteland uh, if uh, your opponent has a really stable mana base and. The... We'll come back to we'll we'll talk cyber a bit later. Yeah. But but I wanna I wanna just go back a little bit. So you you replaced two cataclysm with one more Armageddon and then two slice and dice. Yeah, uh, slice so, and so dice you're... or some. Well, in June it was slice or and dice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. Exactly. So but... to be clear, the earlier as we mentioned, the pyroclasms were in the sideboard. You didn't really have any sweepers, but that was the cataclysm, uh, maybe yeah. why you needed that earlier. But now you play slice and dice then. Yeah. So the the cataclysm went out, and then the pyroclasm that used to be in the sideboard went in. 
this freed up another two slots in the sideboard, so you um, have... Yeah, but but you, you choose Slice and Dice instead of the Paraclasm. Yeah, in, in the June yeah. month they did. It was uh, um, specifically for that monthly, uh, because I was ex expecting a lot of elves. Uh, I think if I were to play the list in an, a non-meta or more like a general meta, I think Paraclasm is the better card uh, for, for mm -hmm. the deck. Yep. But for, for for the June monthly, the elves were very popular, and I yeah, and I decided spring. to uh, to run the slice and dice, and I ended up yeah. not facing elves at all. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, like the the point for playing slice and dice is like the instant removal, uh, like not going off uh, value or yeah, uh, exactly. So the, the I value the instant speed more than the additional card. Uh, um, of course, the yeah. You usually have seven cards in your hand with that deck, so I, I, I imagine like the card draw is not that important as, as it might be in other types of decks. Yeah, actually, but it's it's kind of good against like uh, land still also in a way. Yeah, I don't know. It's, if it, it, you're probably already lost if they have so many. <laughs> it's actually. Quite good against land still because you can cycle it under a land still and still take out the decree tokens. Uh, the uh, it usually don't come to that, but uh, actually it did do that in the semifinals of that uh, monthly. Mm. Yeah, I think slice and dice is a bit underplayed. Not knowing anything about the meta, but <laughs> uh, the, the, also the benefit of not being able to be red elemental blast or countered or whatever. Yeah, I guess it, it can be stifled though. <laughs> yeah. I, I, but it's a, f I don't know. It's interesting actually, because like m dealing three damage is not that relevant in uh, pre-modern, but dealing two or one is kind of like the difference between elves going up to like goblins going up yeah, to like zombies right. or black suicide. So like dealing two, like uh, Paraclasm does is it covers a lot more. Yeah, exactly. And that's why yeah. I'm saying Paraclasm is yeah. the more general card. If you're, uh, if you're not trying to tailor your deck for a specific meta, um, yeah. So mm. against the other tribal decks, like you mentioned, goblins and and zombie, Paraclasm is a much better card. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, we're we're jumping back and forth here, but regarding your mana base and land tax, especially, I'm uh, kind of wondering. How many times do you do the dance where you like just sit with your land tax and your opponent won't play a land? Is that is the do the Mox Simon cover those tracks or is it very often that you just sit there but well I don't need to do anything? Um, that typically don't happen. Um, there are mm. a few matches where that might come into play, um, but most decks needs to play more lands than you so there are mm. maybe a few decks that can fight you on that axis and that is elves of course because they have the current uh, ranger to bounce the lands yeah. and they can play very well of one land so uh, against elves it's very hard to to um, g consistently at least yeah. uh, have it exactly uh, available yeah. um, the other 
decks that might get you in trouble is the Gush-based tempo decks, yeah. uh, like the Blue-Black Dreadnought and also the the uh, Get like some Psychotog Get list. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. So those are uh, the decks that uh, first comes to mind at least that can uh, mm. uh, try to keep you off uh, land tax triggers while you still have the land tax in play. Yeah, since like you want it in your starting hand, you're playing four land tax, but you also have like three United Tutors, so you really need it, I feel, in a way, uh, at least to get things rolling. But uh, you usually get there, that's what you're saying. Uh, yeah, it, um, it, it's a bit different between the, um, the games, like in the mm-hmm. first game, um, typically your opponent will have less enchantment and artifact removal in that game. So you can mm. kind of, uh, lean more into the land tax engine in game one, in, in game two. Two, I would be a bit more careful to lean too much into the engine because your opponent will have answers for it. Yeah. Yeah, I have it because this is the thing I why I dropped the deck. Like, I thought the deck was so bad when you don't have a land text out. Like, I, I felt it completely died. But I have played against you, Nils, uh, with it, and I've seen you play it without having land text, and you can still, like, it manages to function somehow. How how vital is Lantex here? Like, if you play the mirror or, like you say, elves or whatever, like, how, how do you feel about that? Uh, in some matches, you are kind of forced to uh, play a different game. It's, and that's basically what you're saying. Uh, because, like, against elves, you cannot count on your... Uh, land tax and also yeah. uh, so it forces you to become more like this uh, white based control deck so you have mm. to be comfortable playing that like a, a, almost like a different deck not, not like yeah a... it really is it really is a different deck then yeah so so it it's uh, it's a very versatile deck in that sense that you can take different roles uh, yeah. all between uh, matchups and also kind of between games. Um, yeah. yeah, maybe this is where, where I wanted to go anyhow, since uh, we started talking about uh, Slice and Dice versus Perclasm and uh, the package of uh, that you're tutoring uh, with enchantments and artifacts. Uh, it kind of goes into that since you're playing one powder keg and uh, an engineered plague well, give us our thoughts why you yeah how how do you reckon to go nils is a monster playing main deck plagues like you (laughs) were kind of one of the first assholes who did that yeah okay early 2021 yeah so you have one of each right yes uh, yeah. And the aura silence, if you want to see that as a removal. Yeah, right. yeah, uh, I really like to talk about those uh, those things actually because those are one of the changes I did uh, right after I switched from the two color version to the 
Farkle version. I added those things. And it seemed like it kind of went on under the radar because everyone uh, noticed the medding matches. But those mm. uh, silver bullets is quite key as well. Um, yeah. So I, I, will, I guess I will start with the Engineered Plague. It is a much more versatile card uh, than it might get credit for. Um, I'm quite happy just play it and use it as a removal to take out uh, a couple of birds against the uh, full English breakfast or other like the rock. Uh, I think it's fine as a kind of a semi sweeper, uh, but it also has some application against some of the uh, combo decks that are creature based, uh, like the uh, Hermit Druid combo, uh, the yeah. um, uh, Aluren uh, combo, we can take the Kavan Harpy yeah. uh, against the um, f uh, Devourer. Devourer, for extend Devourer deck. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Plague is, uh, is huge. I, I feel like, if I remember correctly, like you were one of the first adapters to bring that in 2000. Yeah, in main. Uh, and now we see it. Yeah, it's a silver bullet, like here and there. And mm. it has, I feel like there's a slow decrease in um, combo decks. Perhaps this is one of the like symptoms of it, like these small tweaks that people pick up on. Yeah, and um, let's see, the one of the other thing that you mentioned is Aura Silence. That was actually played in the um, green white version as well. But uh, it, I've seen a lot of uh, older list playing Seal of Cleansing instead. Yeah. And um, there's a reason for Aura Silence, and that is actually the tax uh, ability on it. It f uh, forces your opponent to play two additional mana for uh, his or her enchantment and artifacts. Yeah. And that is a very key um, component uh, bit it. Uh, Again, it's well since you're playing Armageddon's also exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah, so you're, you're constraining your opponent anyhow with four wastelands and the Geddon. So exactly, it, it it's pretty it neat. It goes into that Manda Denial package, and mm. um, again, like those combo decks that have an enchantment or artifact key, it forces them to get more mana, which again makes them more vulnerable for the Armageddon. So the yeah. Armageddon gets much more devastating than mm. if you have Seal of Cleansing. So I, I really like uh, just fetch it and put it into play and have it as a taxing effect against mm. some decks. And it also uh, ties up one of the, or uh, helps against one of the weakness of the deck. And that is it's quite weak to punish his steed. But when you have the Ur oh, of Silence into play, true. It will force your opponent to have at least five mana to uh, play the deed, uh, and then you, if it, if he or she just play it with uh, five mana, then you can just pop it, and the deed wouldn't do much harm to you. So they will typically yeah. try to get up to maybe like six mana to be able to blow it for one, but that will make them incredibly vulnerable for Armageddon again. 
and and mm, you can't yeah. uh, they can't hose any lands in hand either. yeah exactly they cannot hold the lands in hand and well. you can maybe waste them to set them back uh, and yeah. just keep on having the pressure so it's also instead of playing cards like karmic justice i play the aura silence to have like um it, it's more versatile for me it's uh, it can be used a bit more as um uh, older list played karmic justice in the cyber to to host did but I, I play the hour of silence main deck and additional in the sideboard cool. so i have two of those tax effects against the decks and you have four meddling mages so like yeah you, you against rock i assume deed is like the go-to card you name yeah 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 so you yeah so I feel much better playing against the rock with this list than I yeah. used to be with the green white version. Yeah, I can also see. with the uh, ray of revelation and yeah, yeah, more aura silences in the sideboard and whatever. You're, you're you're getting into you, 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 like, you mentioned something re really you, you nice. It seems that... like you you understood like what your mm. your weaknesses are and yeah. started like pinpointing what to do against and it. that's one of the things i really like is that when i have the arrow silence in play and, and the opponent has saved up the mana to finally play his or her enchantment and i just kill it with something i have in hand and they still have to pay additional two yeah. for the next one it feels really good just like they play a deed for instance and yeah. i for five mana and i kill it mm. with a with a ray, and they cannot well, yeah, get any yeah. value for it, and they need yeah. to get mm. another five to try to reason the board. It's it feels really good. So mm. I I really like that um, that combination. Yeah, it's well thought out, and mm. uh, yeah, as mentioned here, like Winter Orb is also really sweet. I I uh, always played one in main deck since I had a light tutor, but I think your your three uh, Armageddon's are probably better than the two ones mm. with main deck. So what you're mentioning, Anton, is that now, like from the earlier version, I guess, you played one Winter Orb main. Now we don't have any Winter Orb. We have one in the sideboard instead, right, Nils? Yeah, I uh, played, I think, my first version, one of the uh, the issues I faced there was that uh, it was a bit hard to get threshold for the um, Bear. And uh, playing the third Armageddon really helps that because it puts some lands into the graveyard. Uh, yeah. While the the Winthrop does this, it, it does the same mana now, thing, but it doesn't put the your lands and your opponent's land into the graveyard. So uh, yeah. that's the reason behind that. Um, the uh, yeah. but the Winthrop is really good against certain matchups, typically the mid range and control matchups like Landsteel and. And the rock, they are very dependent on their on their lands. Yeah. Yeah, it seems seems like you you got a lot of bases covered, Anton. What were you saying? No, I've just uh, have you tried like back to basics in in that slot, or is that just cute? I haven't tried it. It has been on my. Um, I have this kind of list of cards that I that hasn't made the cut, but are things that I would consider in certain meta games and that I kind of written down on the <laughs> like the yep. may mm. maybe board or something uh, and <laughs> yeah. and back to basics is one of those I have yet to try yeah. it yeah. try it so I don't have any uh, 
first-hand experience with it, but I, it's one of the cards I have considered, yes. Uh, it's yeah. it's a sweet one. But I feel like Sabus Web is probably the other card one could consider here. Like, it's certainly very good against some decks, but yeah. Another card that kind of seen in the same category is I played a Singleton's Wave of Persistence also mm. in the sideboard. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. it does not the same thing, but it sometimes it do, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, yeah. It takes the deck a bit more into the person territory. Uh, yeah, that's mm. nice. Mm. So, uh, like we're leaning into talking about sideboard i guess but uh, like comparing the list on how you went about you also ditched the ivory towers you have the suran orb the miser that you can fetch with the knight of Tudor, i guess maybe that was enough or uh, why did you skip the three ivory tower that you had first so the ivory tower uh, in the football wrist it uh, was uh, something I wanted to try from my uh, experience as playing Lantax in old school where I played the Ivory Tower and I found them to uh, not be efficient enough uh, or like you you want multiple uh, ideally into play uh, for it to be really good against uh, uh, those matches where you need it and I found it just to take too much space in the sideboard. Uh, I think, uh, like, uh, I think you need at least three in the sideboard for it to be like a uh, uh, viable strategy. But that takes too many slots for uh, just a few matchups. I, I want it to be to have more oh, options in the sideboard. More impact. Okay, more more options. Yeah. So but, what what I'm what I'm doing now is picking your brain on stuff you left out. So we're, 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 we're talking about the evolution, but we're kind of into cyborg territory. So I'm interested in the worship. Uh, yes, the worship. Because I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I, that's kind of a card I think is, it should have more of a place in pre-modern, but uh, and you played one of them in the sideboard in your first version yeah. uh, to 220. The, the worship was there because I played the Nimble Mongoose in the main mm. deck, which has shrouds, so it's really hard to get rid of. Uh, when it has uh, at least when it has threshold because then it doesn't die to to pyroclasm either so it's only um, like uh, diabolic or sack uh, edict effects or wrath of god effects mm. that will kill it um, those decks where uh, you will have worship typically don't play those cards so that could be like a, a, a way to steal some games but when I yeah cut the nimble mongooses for mending mages then that route was no longer an option because i didn't have yeah. a, a creature anymore that was yeah. uh, so easy to protect uh, mm. and the reason for cutting nimble mongoose uh, it was mostly because i found it a bit underwhelming against all those walls that run around the yeah. wall of roots and the wall of blossoms and uh, also, this deck doesn't get threshold that fast. So it was even if I was able to kind of hit in the early turns, it only hit in for one, so it didn't really make mm. that impact. Yeah. And yeah. then, when you got threshold, say in the mid game, 
it was not outclassed, but it was more uh, like uh, your opponent also had some three trees, so it would more be mm. like a trade rather than uh, than anything else. Um, and are are the mongooses the same like thought process with the mulch? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, you, you mentioned it being good, like with the also scroll rack but maybe you don't need it if you you're you're not that keen on getting the threshold as early maybe i don't know yeah um yeah the mulch was also something i was trying out as a kind of an additional engine to the land text. and I, I think it has its merits in in some matchups um uh, uh it's really good uh uh, but uh, those matchups is also the ones where you don't really need that additional help, <laughs> you know? You, you, you're already kind of you're already, there, you're already good you, against you those matchups. Yeah, you you, you a, could, you're not in a rush. You maybe. could play Predict these days since you're in blue yeah. and you already have a scroll rack and single library. So like it's mm. basically the same thing. But yeah, with the utility to fuck up your opponents like in light tutors and yeah. My, my final question, or what we're going to, because we started talking about Mulch versus Orange Chant, right, Anton? Yeah. Uh, you you never tried uh, it out, or are you, are you not in favor of it playing Orange Chant? Uh, I never tried it out. I know the reasons for playing it, at least some of them. Uh, I think... There are, there are some places to it. Um, you can use it to set up uh, um, Armageddon. Like you can yeah. play play yeah. the uh, Orum Chant on uh, your opponent's say, turn three to make them un unable to get anything to the board and then you can reset everything on your own third turn uh, with some actuation and just kill all the lands and hopefully you will be ahead mm -hmm. on board. Uh, doing that or or do it like force your opponent to counter it yeah against the against the control decks so those are the two yeah. applications for the card uh, i think mm. monos monos really showcased uh, or enchant when he won with the deck in 2020 yeah uh mm. on andrew's mice well watch stream uh, i remember like specifically he, he played it against the hermit druid combo and the hermit druid went off and in his upkeep, he, he did a cross on reclamation to shuffle up uh, the sh shallow grave. And uh, yeah, Bonus just responded with Orem Shant. And yeah, he couldn't play that turn. And then he, he just died to his own draw. And also, like, doing the Orem Shant uh, to resolve an Armageddon against control. Like, yeah, it was very sweet. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, I can see I see the evolution of the deck nails. And I think it's a well oiled uh, machine and, like, very well thought out. So I think the um, the matchup against control is already quite good. So I, I don't re really feel the need for Orm Shant in that matchup. Uh, mm. Because the deck already has the Armageddon, which is a huge threat for most control yeah. decks. Not all of them, but uh, like Landsteel and the Rock and, and such like all those. Uh, they, they, they want to put lands into the board, so they are yeah. afraid of Armageddon. Uh, mm. And uh, it's hard to resolve, but why it's resolving, I guess, is because you have the pressure also. So, 
you have the meddling mages, the werebear, and the terror So usually you have some sort of uh, uh, like tempo or whatever before they and that they need to get rid of and it, maybe even wrath and then you can get on maybe it, I don't know. Yes, you 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 really or sometimes you don't need, even need to resolve it. It's just the threat of you maybe having it. They have to respect it. So yeah. mm. uh, say they. Um, they um, have two mana open for instance for a counter spell and mm. if you play something and you still have four mana open with that thing on the stack you they will always question can I counter it or will I be punished with Armageddon if, if I if I do <laughs> so just the threat of having it is, is also something uh, that's there. You're, you're a bit of a tease, Nils. That's <laughs> you, you, you just leave it there on the table. Like maybe I have it, maybe I don't. Yeah. Uh, um, Nils, I go ahead. Yeah. So, so that that's a thing, and uh, uh, yeah. Uh, so, so it's it's hard to play control because you have to respect it. But if you respect it too much, then. Uh, the board might get out of hand, so it's hard for them to to kind of address both issues. Like, uh, and also the the land tax itself might sneak under a counter spell because it's a one mana mm. spell. Uh, and even if you are not able to convert those lands into actual spells, it will still thin your deck, so it will have better draws, and it will ensure that you hit your land drops under. Uh, or against a control deck so yeah and it, you have the acceleration in in the mox diamonds and the in the yeah. wear bear so you're most likely able to uh, have like a small tempo like, or mana advantage as well like you can maybe yeah, you're ramping in a way I yeah guess. you yeah. can present multiple threats in a turn and and mm. they cannot uh, uh, maybe take handle all of them if you kind of uh, sequence your spells in um, a smart way. I think this is what differs uh, the five-colored Terrageddon from uh, what Pink Prison does in that you have the pressure. Uh, like, it's it's not that much of a setup. But you're not able to play Humiliate, maybe, uh, not Humiliate, Humility. humility. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and some cards, I guess, uh, that that the pink prison deck does but anton do you have any other uh, like w thoughts on cards you might have played in the package for fetching or... yeah i do but i, I want to just uh, have i just want to go back a little bit here against the control since now the like stock list in blue white control plays like three to four parallax tides have you played a matchup against them Nils? i haven't so okay. i cannot speak from experience against that one Okay. Um, no, no, me neither. But but I I it kind of is like I don't know it if that deck is less susceptible to Armageddon since they can use Parallax Tide just as a backup, like like a backup. Saving yeah, save lands. your own lands if mm. you play an Armageddon. Uh, which the I don't Tide know. is kind of expensive though. Yeah, right? it is. It is. But it just it just popped in my mind since we talked about yeah. Geddon and the blue white control and like yeah, it kind of changed the dynamic. I assume yeah. now but uh, yeah i don't know yeah so i think curious. so as well uh actually also because yep. the uh, 
the white tide takes packs a lot of um, or more enchantment removal mm. in seal of cleansing yeah for sure uh, mm. so they have um, more answers to what I'm doing uh, mm. or at least different answers and maybe not more because they they have to cut something for to fit yeah. those cards in so but they they, yeah. they they fight on a bit different axis than the usual blue white land still mm. yeah, yeah. I, I remember that this is what I know <laughs> from the early days of pre-modern starting to build the control decks going with the counter spells the source plushes and the distant shots mm. and early on they this is just didn't do anything <laughs> so it's like why am i even play this I'm, I'm 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 like going just into the old school realm i guess yeah this is shot is such a good card but of course they're the if with seal of cleansing whatever but now we we've evolved there i guess yeah. with the yeah. all of the combo decks and like usually have some targets against uh, all of your matchups even elves and uh, uh, like sly usually plays uh, super vortex you always have some way of sideboard uh, I guess but you did you have uh, Anton any more uh, like thoughts on cards that you maybe wanted to try out or if Nils have thought of them also no I think he has thought most of them I, I think <laughs> it's most like sideboard uh, options I, I find it I find it interesting now to, to see that you have cut Terror down to two instead of three mm-hmm. uh, but you are so much more of a control player than me, and I my norm is still win within 50 minutes. And I assume your pre-modern norm is basically untimed rounds. Would would <laughs> would you consider going three three terror werebears instead of four two in a regular tournament, Nils? Or doesn't does it not matter? I think I will always play the four werebears, but. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, I. It sounds like you like the ramp aspect of the deck. Yes. Where you have the box diamonds and maybe or maybe or whatever. Yeah. This is why Seb is hooked on this deck. He yeah. likes ramp. <laughs> I, I I'm a jund player, so I like the mid range aspect <laughs> of this deck versus whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I. I can. Uh, sometimes I miss the third uh, Terravoy, and it it might. F- Crawl his way back in because, uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah. Depending on the meta, yeah. I guess, or if you need more, more end game. Is it an uh, end game uh, card or just a pressure card or where does it stand? I would say it's uh yeah, it's it's closer to the end game. Uh, early on, I, I typically don't have the mana to to play it. Um, mm. 
the the second green is is yeah. uh, comes on a bit late. Like I, I tend to yeah. uh, to look for the the white first, and then depending on the matchups, I might uh, either get the a blue or some five color sources from ending match and um and then it's a bit silly to just run it out also <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> yeah you, you, need you, you to don't want to it to it. die to a lightning bolt at least so we want it to be a four yeah. four before you spend three mana on it you need mm. you need to play need for speed nils <laughs> so so it gets <laughs> haste and you can sacrifice other lands what about <laughs> anger? Yeah, but you, you bring up a point, on Anton. I um, think, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I varied between playing 10 and, the, and 11 creatures. And yeah. if I were to play the 11th, that would be the third tier war. And I can yeah. absolutely see reasons for playing that to be able to close the game faster. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, why we have been mocking about in the sideboard area is just because of the excellent card, <laughs> Light and yeah, Tuber. Uh, and uh, like we've talked a bit about options and how you went forward and what you might not have put in your deck and what you thought of maybe that were better. Uh, but talk to us generally about how you... Uh, Maybe first, just uh, how you evolved your sideboard. We don't need to go down card by card from the earlier sideboard, but maybe some general ideas of what you uh, did differently. Yeah. Uh, in, in like a really general term, I, I tend to look at the main board and sideboard kind of like a, a bit fluid, uh, like some cards... In, in the in the main board might go back and forth between the cyber and the main board depending on what I expect the meta game to be and as I mentioned one of the cards that I was in the cyber that I thought was good enough to to have in the main board was the paraclasm but also cards like engineered plague that I think is versi- versatile enough to to have in the main deck um, so I, I tried to I, t- I try to free up some sideboard slots by putting some uh, quote-unquote sideboard cards into the main deck. Uh, that's mm. uh, that's a thing I've been doing quite for some time, not just in pre-modern, but in other formats as well. Uh, like Try to build f- 55 cards deck and put the five most versatile sideboard options into the main deck to have like a 20-card sideboard, basically. <laughs> Uh, yep. but also like maybe tending to the meta a bit I guess uh, yep. you know more and more about what matchup you're expecting and maybe don't want to meet or whatever Exactly. Uh, so that's what uh, Anton <laughs> went into talking about the engineer play there also mm. like but but you Anton know. is an elves player. That's that stands out. Yeah yeah him, yeah. Course. That's uh, <laughs> it's horrible. Like um, yeah, I don't. I don't but did you win in the fall brawl against Nils? Uh, no, it was a very interesting game. Uh, I due to a rule because you've played elves. Yeah, played, I, uh, his blue uh, green uh, white uh, on stream. I won two one, but 
due to a rulings uh, situation that we discovered the chat the chat discovered uh, regarding color of the claw then uh, yeah i couldn't win that way so i lost that game but it was a cool game so uh, you forfeited yeah. because you cheated yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was the short version. So I won the first game, and then the second game, uh, Anton did some not legal tricks, which I yeah. uh, didn't see at the time, and he won in <laughs> that game. Um, not really winning, but he, oh, yeah. he, he tricked me. But you didn't cheat. You didn't do it on the side. Yeah, of course either, did. So. No, it was very unintentional. I, I did not know about combat rules yeah. apparently. So yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but so you did play with elves against this, but then it didn't play in the engineer plague. So, but n now you, in the version we played, you played one in the main, and you still have one in the sideboard. But you, you, what we were at, where you put some cards in your main, and you have more of a <laughs> sideboard space or whatever. Yeah, you and and then in my sideboard, I I really like playing uh, lots of different cards. Uh, to have yeah, like a, a broad set of answers, but I also like those cards to be overlapping in function. So mm. I would uh, just like an example, not for this deck, but I would prefer to play like one Parish and one uh, Dystopia rather than play two Dystopia and yep. one uh, or two Parish. Like I, I really like the versatility of having a lot of different one-offs that have overlapping uh, function. That, that's because you play Medley Mage, so you are, like, damaged in that way. You well, also <laughs> because he's spoiled with this in Lighter 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's as well, but it's just by having more different cards, It's uh, you can make your deck just much more dynamic and yeah. tailor it to that exact matchup. I, I think it answers more. It's kind of good against therapy also, I guess. Yeah, that's, yeah. that are a side benefit. So yeah. I I wish I had like sometimes you you sit on two Tormund scripts instead of like you you're playing uh, like the furnace right is that the what does the Phyrexian Fur furnace Fur do that's isn't a graveyard hate uh, exactly yeah. so play splitting them up against the cabal therapy if you're playing against the I don't know reanimate or whatever it's also kind of sweet yeah. Um, so let's have a look here. Just re-reading my sideboard here. Um, yeah, I have a lot of enchantment and artifact removal in my sideboard. I only play one in the main deck, and uh, yeah, you can. Abolish is so good in this deck, by the way. In in your side, yeah. Abolish with land tax is amazing. I love it. Mm. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, that was. That's something you don't really expect but maybe you do but yeah it's another fast interaction it, against those uh dreadnought decks which also was yeah well they were on the decline in, in when i played this list but uh, they still kind of kept over from uh from my general list because i, I liked them in all the matches as well yeah it's a yeah. strong card against all the combo decks also basically yeah uh, you you it, it's cool to have a answer against the explosive decks and you're not playing counter spells so you're tapping out usually maybe sweet yeah abolish is pre-modern's uh force of will it's not unmasked it's <laughs> yeah. abolish yeah. And, and it's not force of will clearly yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the uh, the free uh, or the alternative casting cost is 
good and play uh, paying three mana for it is also very doable in this deck so it's yeah, uh, sure. it's um, i think the upside of uh, or the option of having a free spell compared to like disenchant uh, mm. is uh, is good here um, mm. So you, one card I want to qu ask you about is the Mystic Enforcer. Yeah, I knew it's that's a that's a sweet card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tell me about why you're playing it. Um, well, the pro black is quite relevant. Uh, yeah, against some decks, and uh, that's part of the reason for playing it. And also the thing um, Anton mentioned. Uh, sometimes uh, in time rounds you might want to be able to bring in more threats to just to try to close the game faster uh, yeah. and compared to like terror is really uh, graveyard dependent uh, mystic enforcer is also graveyard dependent but not to the same extent yeah. so not at yeah. the same level yeah. yeah so it's like a 3-3 three, three for 4 mana is not great but at least it's okay uh, yeah. so it's again it's uh, one of those cards that just to uh, try to re reduce the risk uh, to not lose to graveyard hate as well but it, mm. but it feels like in, in my mind I, I think like light of day would be the go to sideboard four mana card uh, against black but nowadays since spud or poxless pox is like a deck um i don't know pro black might be uh, of course they have innocent blood i don't know what it doesn't matter like have you considered light, light of day in that spot instead i haven't and um, i think that's because it was not a slot i specifically had for fighting black but rather to bring in additional threats so i think yeah, okay. uh, yeah. another card that could be in that slot would be like a master core mm. or uh, like yeah. an exalted angel maybe if you really wanted to go yeah. a different route yeah uh, yeah the ma master core is cool with also with uh, a lot of tutor of course yep. i guess yeah but like uh, I, I could also see yes the mystic enforcer is kind of good against the rock also yeah in yeah a way. it's very good against yeah. the rock um they don't have any like the right removal for it if they're not playing the edicts i guess yeah and actually yeah. costing four is quite good yeah, uh, it's good yeah it's quite good against yeah. those decks they do have their like yeah they can blow it up i guess but we already mentioned oral silence yeah. and, and if they blow stuff up for four they typically don't have the mana for that but if they do they will also blow their own board usually because they have they yeah. care about that for as well yeah mm. yeah any other like mentionables in the sideboard we have uh, i guess the like two abolishes one or of silence additional then one in the main one inside we have one circle protection red we have two defense grid we have one engineered plague more one in the main one is in the sideboard we have the mystical force i mentioned the two Frexian furnaces two ray of revelation one smother one winter orb that you earlier had uh, in your main that you now have in your sideboard and one wrath of god and and seb said do not list each card specifically by the way <laughs> well i was talking about the earlier <laughs> version yeah we don't we don't need to go through the earlier 
sideboard. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to ask what you made different. I really like the additional removal in the sideboard. Um, especially the smother has been really good for me. Uh, yeah, there are some matchups we are having for uh, uh, Sports is not enough. And I found smother to really complement that removal suit mm. very well. Um, I actually, if I f- could find the room, I, I might even bring in more uh, spot removal. Uh, and I, I have a list of different spot removals that I try depending on the meta. So smother is one, diabolic edict is another one, and fire eyes is uh, the third option if I want to go more the damage route against more like uh, if oh. elves and stuff. So, so those are kind of the, the cards I, I play around with depending on what I expect to face. Uh, and um, just having a diverse removal suite is uh, really good against cards like Meddling Mage as well. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so my, my two points, but you have mentioned already Sphere Resistance, because I, I do like that card. The other one I have for some combo decks is uh, either Gas Blessing or uh, Mana Maze, like specifically against Storm. I don't know how that matchup is, but since you have four Mana Mages now, it's probably better. Well, uh, the thing against Storm, at least uh, Brain Freeze, yeah. is that you cannot lose it with a squad I can play unless they force true. you to draw yeah true uh so that's at least one trick uh for, for those that don't know the rules uh uh that well with scroll rack uh the scroll rack sets aside cards so it doesn't draw your cards so what you can do is set aside one card which from your empty library and then put one card back so you will you will never draw yourself to death unless your opponent forces you to to draw uh, with an empty library, yeah. So they need to have something more than just brain freeze, and uh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. so, mm. um, uh, and also, I think uh, storm is not commonly enough played. No, it's not. That I want but- to have specific cards for it, but if. Like I would rather try to uh, fit in cards uh, that are good in other matchups that might have splash damage against uh, Storm. And yeah, I mean, Friction Devourer Alter is kind of the mill strategy as well, but then again, you have Plagues, so yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and... But yeah, I like mana. I like mana maze because it's against many like monocolor decks, like. Specifically elves, it's huge. So yeah. And against uh, just to finish the storm or the blue storm thing, they they are quite dependent on their mana reducing artifacts and mm. uh, oral silence and the abolish uh, combination yeah. is quite good against that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm. Um, I I also like more removal, uh, like spot removal. In the sideboard, you probably need that. Uh, I'm looking forward to actually play this deck. Um, do we have any 
other thoughts on going forward? You, Nils, it sounds like you mentioned that you have like this list prepared <laughs> of stuff to try out. Uh, any cards you want to mention or any thoughts on the meta that you might uh, need to address with the deck? Uh, sure. Um, so with five colors, uh, you have much more range of sideboard cards than the average pre-modern deck. And... Um, for instance, I'm playing this deck in the Epic Tournament. And in that tournament, I didn't expect uh, to see much blue control list. So I trimmed down my defense grid. Uh, because, uh, again, I don't think it will be much control. But, but I, I expected more blue-based uh, con uh, combo list or uh, tempo list. So I decided to play the Red Blast, the Red Elemental Blast, and the Power Blast instead, which kind of overlaps with the Defense Grid function, but also addresses mm. the uh, more aggressive uh, blue combo or aggro lists. Uh, so that's another tweak that I, I, I did for this tournament, which I think uh, it was a fine decision uh, when I'm seeing the current meta, but that might not be applicable for other metas. Uh, yeah. Another card I... But re regarding the defense grid, did you ever try to play City of Solitude? Is that what yeah, it's called, nice. Anton? Yeah. yeah. The two versus three mana really makes a difference because... Okay, uh, yeah. You can play turn, turn one, one with Mox Diamond is yeah. really good here. Um, mm. so, so that's the main reason. Uh, and... Uh, Three mana taxing on the defense grid is usually enough because you have that uh, mana than our plan. So, uh, so compared, you have the wastelands and maybe hopefully yeah. the gather. So for all practical purposes, it's basically your opponent cannot play spells during your turn. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because your end game is playing one of each card in cyber, right? So <laughs> you should play one set of solid and one defense That's grid. the best sideboard. Fifteen, fifteen <laughs> card. Side, 15 different cards. Yeah. Another uh, card that I really think could be played here, uh, which I haven't yet because uh, the meta hasn't shifted that way uh, so far, but that I think is really cool, and that is switch out the defense grids and play the rest in the sideboard. It combines mm. so well with the mending matches, so yeah. having like for Mending Mage's main deck and the duress in the sideboard, uh, I think that could uh, be a nightmare for uh, opposing combo decks and control decks as well. So that's... But yeah. it's, it, it feels like stretching the mana. I mean, you really... If you have duress in your starter hand, you really want to play duress to turn one. I feel like, against those decks. And, it depends uh, on what you're afraid of, I guess. You still have all the answers uh, against combo, and if you want to set up your Geddon, it yeah. could be as good as an Orange Chant, maybe. Exactly. Uh, or even better, uh, in some instances. Uh, I like Duress. Uh, I was like going around thinking about this deck, and how would it look if you're playing black instead of... Uh, I don't know blue or something. That's wh that's where my thoughts are. But the rest is a key point for that, I guess. Mm. Uh, but yeah, in cyborg, why not? Maybe one at least. But maybe Anton is right. <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe the undiscovered paradises and the mox diamonds. Same thing. I think uh, well, uh, most combo decks 
you, you won't you won't be able to play the rest turn one. That's uh, but hopefully you can play it on turn two or turn three, and that's mm. uh, where you won't interact. Like turn one, you hopefully will either play a land tax or you will play um, a mox diamond and set up one of your two mana cost uh, uh, impact cards either a mending mage or uh, maybe a scroll rack that's not the best but it's still an option or a land tax um, and then prepare for other rest turn two or turn to turn three mm. and do something broken after that yeah yeah no. So what are we uh, missing out before we and I, I feel like we, we I really squeezed out everything. Yeah, but Neil, guys, Neil's so. touched the point here uh, about mulliganing with this deck. Mm. Do you always mulligan? So you either have an enlightened tutor or a land tax, or can you keep like the weird hand? How, how do you approach the deck in against an unknown player? Yeah. That, okay. So let's broaden this question. So it's our on, uh, last thing we talk about. Yep. That's nice. Uh, how would a good uh, starting hand be? Uh, what cards do you need? Is that right, Anton? Yeah. That, that's a good. Better question. Yeah. Um, well, I do like the hands with land tax, of course. Um, hmm. That's the centerpiece of the deck. Um, and I'm willing to mulligan for it to some extent, but uh, if my seven is like a good seven without the land tax, I'm willing to keep those as well. Uh, because the deck has some digging power with the Sylvan Library and the Scroll Rack. Mm. Um, so there could be hands like you have that turn one Scroll Rack, then you can kind of get a mulligan turn two with it you can play the, the land and the mox diamond and the scroll rack and if that land is uh, undiscovered paradise if you would return to your hand so we, you have only used three cards which means you have five cards left after your draw step on uh, turn two which you can dig five cards deep for your yeah I, I was gonna say like scroll rack mulliganing i done that and i'm not keen i don't like it like you you lose four <laughs> cards in the process uh, to to do the scroll rack turn one play but yeah i i hear you in well in, to yeah. find the land tax yeah. yeah it's the ancestral of the yeah deck. yeah <laughs> but you might be brainstorm locked uh, like big time yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, it's, that's the problem with your, your plan a that's for sure. No. But it's it's yeah. one of those things you can consider. It's a keepable hand. Yeah, it's a keepable hand. Yeah. At yeah. least, and, uh, and, and we're talking uh, like in a blind, uh, like you don't know what your opponent is playing. Also, yeah. Um, so, so either either you need enlightened tutor, land text, scroll rack, or silver library in your starter. Is that what we're like cutting it down to? Yeah, and I'm I, and I want some, like if I don't have the land text, I want something in addition. Like, uh, but also you, you cannot keep those five land hand with one land tax either. You have to mulligan those yeah. as well. So you cannot just keep based on solely on having the land tax. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm I'm just keeping the two lands and the werebear. That's all I need. So I think at least game one, <laughs> I, I'm willing to mulligan a bit hard. 
to yeah. get uh, a good hand uh, because the land tax uh, you can kind of put your lands on the bottom and keep that uh, single land and the land tax and get those lands back so you can uh, say you you mulligan down to five and you see a land tax then you can put away uh, two mana sources if you have or like, just keep one single mana source uh, as long as it's white and uh, yeah. then uh, kind of uh, get an ancestral um, or the next turn or the turn after mm. yeah it's cheating that's mm-hmm. taking advantage of the new mulligan rule or it's not new anymore yeah. but uh, yeah yeah Anything we want to end with? We mentioned the epic Wednesdays at uh, half past seven. No, is it eight? Yeah, does it start? Seven thirty p.m. Central European yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, just play more pre-modern, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how to end this anymore. Those Anything you want to say, guys, before we leave? I like. I like Nils that you you really um, yeah you analyze the shit out of this deck yeah love yeah. it yeah <laughs> I'm I'm feeling all emptied out I don't know where, I I need to regroup and, th- and this uh... is this is how you feel <laughs> when you play against Terragedon so yeah okay you... that's a good feeling yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we just briefed upon the main points so <laughs> we can have another episode this going yeah. more into details but uh, that's for okay, the Nils okay. will start uh, his own pod <laughs> you you and Anton do that <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was all take care out there thanks for joining Nils thank you for having me and thank you once again Anton for being here thanks Ab. and thanks Nils bye bye guys bye 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 Now you're telling me you wanna touch your mic first Even though you have to fucking rhyme, not even rap first It's all good with these feet, the same traces From out of fucking bases, overcoming all phases So now you're telling me you wanna touch your mic first Even though you have to fucking rhyme, not even rap first Cause I'm on mission like a 007 I will never let a sucker start and I'ma get it